The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. If this whole thing we're going through right now has taught us anything, it is to always have travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of a, well, a luxury cruise ship review today. Yeah, Nancy Shredder from the Family Travel Network. She cruised Crystal Serenity a few months ago. And uh, you know what? Out of all these years of doing the show, we've never done a Crystal review. So excited to talk about the other side of cruising, the side I probably couldn't afford. But uh, Nancy's going to be by later on to share her experience in the Mediterranean aboard Crystal Serenity. As always, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News, and we will jump right to her. Hey, Sherry. Hi, Doug. Another round of cancellations. Yeah, so this time Holland America has extended their cruise cancellations through December 15th, not just for one or two destinations, but all cruises everywhere. So if you were booked on any of those Holland America cruises departing up until December 15th, as we as we keep saying, if you do nothing, you'll receive a 125% future cruise credit. If you want a refund, you'll need to go to their website and complete the refund form no later than September 15th. Also, Disney Cruise Line just announced that they've canceled all of their departures at least through the end of October. For those looking forward to the annual Disney Halloween on the High Seas cruise, you're just going to have to wait until 2021. And two more cruise lines today just announced that they won't be cruising in 2020 at all. Crystal Cruises has canceled all ocean, river, and yacht cruises And Viking has also canceled every scheduled departure on both river and ocean cruises for the remainder of 2020. Interesting landscape out there. I think I see where we're going, but uh, I'm not going to speculate. So we'll go to the next news story. Crew members are filing a lawsuit against one cruise line. Yeah. So last week, a class action lawsuit was filed by crew members from Bahamas Paradise Cruise Line. The suit alleges that the crew was unpaid and deceived. The attorney for the crew members claims that they were asked to sign a contract that stated they were voluntarily staying on the ship and without pay. It was reported that the CEO of the cruise line promised each crew member would receive a $1,000 check by July 25th. The lawsuit alleges that the company didn't keep that promise, and the cruise line says that's because they didn't have the funds to pay it. The attorney for the crew also noted that according to their employment contract, Each crew member is owed two months' severance pay. The plaintiffs assert that they still have not been paid anything and have no idea when they might expect compensation. Wow. Norwegian Cruise Line put some rumors to bed. Yeah, so rumors continue to fly every day just uh, about which cruise line is going to sell what ships. And Norwegian Cruise Line was the latest victim of the rumor mill. And people were just trying to guess what ships, if any, Norwegian would sell. So Frank Del Rio, president and CEO of Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings, quickly shut down any speculation about Norwegian Spirit. 
In a recent interview, he stated, we have a young fleet. We invested $150 million in the Norwegian spirit. So that ship is better than ever. And Del Rio continued that he was fine with Norwegian having the smallest fleet of the big three, which of course would include Royal Caribbean International and Carnival Cruise Line. He noted though that Norwegian is about to grow their capacity and in his usual style, he, he goes, look, he said, we not only have the youngest fleet, but we have nine incredible vessels on order, which allows us to have the fastest growing fleet. So no, we have absolutely no plans to divest any of our vessels. I'm not saying they're selling, but there's a couple of Norwegian cruise ships down in Curacao right now. And we remember who was in Curacao mm-hmm. before they headed off to Turkey. That's all I'm saying. I mean, they could just be docked there, but it's kind of... Kind of interesting how things kind of just float around here. So uh, there was some hope on Royal Caribbean's Q2, so second quarter earnings call. Yep. So if you go with the old adage that no news is good news, then you can still hold out hope that Royal Caribbean might schedule departures later this year. Royal Caribbean Group doesn't know when they'll start cruising again, but reassured investors the other day that their fans will be there for them when cruising begins. So far, Royal Caribbean has canceled 1,545 departures through the end of October for a loss of $1.6 billion. However, the cruise line may be able to restart cruising from China and Australia before the end of October. As for health and safety protocols, most likely passengers will be tested for the virus before they board. It's not official, but it seems that the testing discussion has taken a front seat And ports will also have a say in the cruising restart as well. And med cruises were given the green flag by Italy for sailing starting as soon as this weekend, right? And that's for sure. So it could be La Dolce Vita for those who want to cruise from Italy. Cruises are expected to begin later this month, as you just mentioned, as soon as next week. The two main cruise lines we're talking about with Italian connections, of course, are Costa and MSC Cruises and they're nearly ready to take on passengers. MSC will require all passengers to take a rapid test before boarding and will provide masks in every stateroom. Occupancy will cap out at 70%, and only those from the 26 Schengen countries, which is basically almost all of Europe, will be allowed to cruise. MSC Cruises already has ports in Greece and Malta that are willing to accept passengers, but uh, there won't be any wandering around the ports this time. Instead, guests who wish to go ashore will have to purchase an MSC shore excursion, and this is required so that the cruise line really knows who goes where, and the port has peace of mind that no one is just wandering around to potentially endanger residents. Departure dates are August 16th for MSC Grandiosa and August 29th for MSC Magnifica. Okay, and cost is firing up shortly after them, so... uh going to see how the med season gets off to start with uh, hopefully not not a repeat of a couple of weeks ago that we had in Northern Europe there. Uh, Listener question comes from Scott today. What is the difference between a Bermuda cruise and a Bahamas cruise? Well, hi, Scott. And Doug, we were discussing this um, earlier in the week. And Mm -hmm. while this question might sound obvious to some, if you're not a geography buff, an Anglophile, or even haven't been on a cruise yet, it's a pretty valid question. So just to help differentiate the two, Bermuda from Bahamas, Bermuda is still, an, is, is still a British overseas territory. It's located about 650 miles east 
of North Carolina. So it's pretty much out there, known for its pink sand beaches, and it still has a Caribbean vibe. Bermuda is a charm that is like a rock out in the middle of nowhere. It's also a popular stop on eastbound transatlantic crossings. Usually that's with the premium or luxury cruise lines that originate in Florida because Bermuda is quite pricey if you want to spend the day there. Now, on the other hand, the Bahamas, which is an archipelago of 700 islands, and it was once a British overseas territory but gained independence from Britain in 1973. However, if you do go to go anywhere in the Bahamas, there are still reminders of its colonial past. So, for example, now if Nassau is on your cruise itinerary, you'll actually be on the island of New Providence. It's not the island of Nassau. And cruises to Freeport head to Grand Bahama Island. And this is only 110 miles northeast of Miami. So compared to Bermuda, it's a whole lot closer. And I hope this helps clarify the differences between the two countries. So I'm going to throw a curveball at you. What is the Bermuda Triangle then? Well, (laughs) you know, the first time I went through that was actually on a transatlantic. And we stopped in Bermuda. And I sort of, it was a joke. I mean, the captain would get on the PA system and, and say, okay, everybody's still here. We're going into the Bermuda Triangle. But it's, it's um, oh, let's, I don't know if you want to call it a, a vortex or this mysterious spot on the earth, of which there are supposedly several, extends from South Florida, which really, I think it's closer to Homestead, and then angles northeast to Bermuda, and then straight down towards Puerto Rico, and then back over to South Florida. You can turn on television to just about any channel that's talking about Supernatural, and they'll have a segment about the Bermuda Triangle. Apparently, um, several Navy fighter planes, and I think it was the 1950s, left Homestead Air Force Base, never to return again. And that really started the, um, I don't know, the cult following, basically, for where they disappear, where they go, and What is out there in the Bermuda Triangle? Is the lost city of Atlantis buried under there? Nobody really knows. But I I guarantee when you cross cross the the ocean and head towards Bermuda, someone will make some off-the-wall comment about you're now entering the Bermuda Triangle. So it's a triangle from Bermuda, what, San Juan, Florida, and back up to Bermuda again? Yeah, yeah. It actually makes a perfect triangle if you look at it on a map or how it's plotted out. It's pretty interesting. Equilateral triangle. Very good. Been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you for that history lesson and the cruise news this week. We'll talk to you next week. (laughs) You're welcome. See you then. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime straight from Cruise Radio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. 
Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. Today's guest doesn't need an introduction, but because of who I am and where I'm from, it gives me great pleasure to welcome Nancy Shredder back to Cruise Radio. Nancy has been a leader in the family and multi-generational travel sector for over 20 years. She writes for her own publication, as well as leading travel magazines, newspapers, broadcast programs, and online travel sites. She's also a frequent speaker at travel industry conferences and events, and she joins us today to talk about her cruise on Crystal Serenity. Hey, Nancy. Thank you so much, Doug. It's great to be here. So I don't think... No, we never have done a crystal review in the 11 years of doing this show. Wow. Yeah. So okay. you were on a seven-day cruise on Crystal Cruises, luxury cruise right. brand, on Crystal Serenity, and it was in the Mediterranean. It just sounds like an awesome time. So before we get to the ship itself, we'd like to take a step back. So give me some pre-cruise thoughts. Like, what made you so stoked to take this seven-night cruise? Because you're over in what, D.C.? Yeah, you got it. I've always been interested in Crystal Cruises and their all-inclusive luxury cruise experience. So I was super excited to be embarking on this Crystal Serenity cruise. Um, But as excited as I was, I must admit that I was a bit skeptical because, you know, I've heard a lot and read a lot about Crystal Cruises. And as great as I heard, I wondered whether it was really going to be as all-inclusive and, you know, all that as it sounded. Was the service and food going to be that amazing? Um, You've cruised with me before. You know I'm not stuffy. Mm -hmm. I was concerned, you know, is this going to be stuffy? Am I going to fit in? And so I had really high expectations for this cruise, and I got to tell you, Crystal exceeded every one of them. So you're in D.C., and you went over to Rome because you left out of Chivashevechia. Did you do any pre-cruise time over in Rome? Yeah, we stayed in Rome for two nights prior and one night after the cruise at a um, hotel really, really beautifully overlooking the Pantheon, the Albergo de Senado, and then on the back end on the Hotel Abruzzi, and it was just wonderful just to be relaxed and Take it easy before this sailing. Yeah, it's always I, – I learned my lesson very early on when going to <laughs> Europe is you, you, you can't just fly in and fly out. Like you have to give your body a chance to absorb the time for one, but just the right. views too. I mean you're missing so much if you're just flying in and out on the day of uh, disembarkation and embarkation. Especially Rome, because Rome is so amazing with the food and the sights and everything else. And this cruise, um, this seven days, every day was a port of call. So you're absolutely right. You've got to give your body time to relax because you really want to hit those ports of call and really soak up everything and not be jet-lagged and tired. Let's talk about embarkation. You made your way from Rome to the cruise port in Chivashevechia. That's like, what, uh, an hour or so? Yeah, it was about an hour or so. We arranged our own transfer right from Rome to Sivijvetskia, and we arrived around 1230 or so. And because we had used Crystal's priority check-in and planning center and done, they have a priority check-in you know, thing that you fill out. Embarkation was quick, fast, easy. We were on board in no time flat. Okay, so you would say from curb to ship, about how long would you say? Five, ten minutes. Okay, wow. There wasn't any line when we got there anyway, Mm -hmm. so they already had all of our stuff, and we got on board quickly. And you make your way on board Crystal Serenity. What were your first impressions of the ship? She's an award-winning luxury ship, and she's absolutely beautiful. She was updated and reimagined in 2018 and has uh, 490 staterooms with a capacity for 980 guests. And that's not a lot of people given the size of this ship, and... 
Um, although going forward, it'll be even less when she sails under their new Crystal Clean Plus program. They're you know, not going to have as many people. But we spent time exploring the ship before getting off and heading off to lunch. And I was really impressed with all the public spaces and restaurant areas. And again, with all this high guest-to-space ratio, the spaciousness just really adds to the feeling of luxury when you're on board the ship. So that was my first impression, just all this space with not that many people, which was marvelous. See, now the closest I've been to a crystal ship, uh, I was docked next to one in Vancouver uh, last summer. Yeah. But I, yeah. I picture like butlers and white gloves and champagne and caviar. <laughs> I mean, is it is it like that? So we did have a butler in our stateroom, which was amazing, and I will get into that. Um, but yeah, it, but I got to tell you, Doug, it's not stuffy, and that's okay. what I was afraid of too. I was thinking... You know, yes, this is the ultimate in luxury, but am I going to feel like um, constrained? Um, do, am I going to feel like I have to get dressed up all the time? No, it's it's not. And so, and the people on board were marvelous. The service was incredible. The the people are just really great. I guess my question is because you know me, I'm more of a jeans and t-shirt guy. Like, would hey. you have to pack a tux and everything to do this? Oh God, no. Okay. No, 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 no. Uh, right. And I, I, that wouldn't have, for this sailing. It was crystal casual, and so we were. You know, I was. I'd throw on like a, a dress um, or nice pants for dinner, and Jim would throw on nice pants. And no, it was it was lovely. Um, okay. We didn't get all. Dazzed up. In fact, on this cruise, I didn't see anybody that had on tux. Okay. So Ever. you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have? And talk to us about the experience and the whole butler thing. Oh, yeah. So the, actually, even after all this time, the stateroom is one of the many things I remember most vividly about this cruise. Um, first of all, there are no inside staterooms on Crystal Serenity. All of the staterooms have verandas, but ours was a sea breeze penthouse with veranda, which was larger and more beautifully decorated than anything I've experienced before. It had tons of space to relax. I got to tell you, it also had this huge walk-in closet, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but it actually was because it gives you so much space to organize everything and get it out of the way. And the bathroom was incredibly lavish and so well designed, Doug, that I actually took pictures of it <laughs> so that we could try to recreate the, the shower area at home because it okay. was just so good. Um, but again, back to that butler, the, the you know, the biggest thing that added to the stateroom really had nothing to do with the size or design. The, the butler service was a first for me, and our butler was incredible. He completely personalized the whole cruise experience for us. So he, find out, he found out what we liked. He noticed and took care of everything. He restocked our room refrigerator with drinks. He bought, brought along bottles of our favorite beverages. He arrived with hors d'oeuvres every afternoon. If we needed port insights, he would help us with those whenever we needed them. And, you know, the service on Crystal is outstanding. I think it's like a 1 to 1.5 crew to guest ratio. And mm -hmm. the butler service just put it over the top. Um, and they also have 24-hour complimentary in-stateroom dining, free, unlimited Wi-Fi, lots of other features as well. In our, in our stateroom, they would even press your clothes, which... I don't think we ever used. Maybe Jim pressed his pants once. But other than that, um, it was just great. I'm, I'm sure that other people maybe, since it was our first butler experience, we probably didn't take advantage of the butler as much as maybe we could have. But honestly, it was amazing. When it was updated, were there USB plugs installed? 
yes, mm-hmm. those were there too. And everything was just right where you'd want it to be, which was really nice. The veranda was lovely. Um, it had a big, huge couch and uh, table in front of that. So the butler always came with hors d'oeuvres and plunked everything down there. And because it's all inclusive, that included, you know, wine and beer in the room. So he would figure out what we liked and just kept bringing it. That reminds me of the Seaborn cruise I did last year. The first thing, the it wasn't a butler, but they were like, what kind of liquor do you drink? And exactly. I was like, well, I drink Tito's. And she comes yeah. back with two bottles of Tito's. I'm like, do I pay you for this? She's like, no, it's included. I'm like, whoa. Exactly. That's, that's, that's awesome. exactly what happened. So, you know, they would sit there. We love port. They would bring, you know, mm-hmm. wonderful port in and boom, you know, we would drink it and they would replenish it. So nice. it was wonderful. Let's talk about the dining on this cruise. Now, I know this isn't a huge ship. So what does the specialty restaurant landscape look like? Okay, Crystal offers this, this ship, Crystal Serenity, has 11 different dining venues, oh, wow. and they all feature open seating. Um, there's Michelin-inspired cuisine, casual dining, and multiple restaurant areas. Um, Waterside, which is their ship's main dining room, is open for all three meals. It has open seating, and it has constantly rotating menus, so we never got bored. So it was really easy for us to get a table for two every night, and uh, as we were talking about with those endless, all-inclusive pours of wine and spirits, we sort of found ourselves spending lots of time enjoying dinners there. Mm-hmm. Um, for breakfast, we our go-to spot was the Marketplace, which is a huge buffet area up on top, which has everything imaginable to eat. And in the evening, that area turns into a Brazilian-style steakhouse that features grilled seafoods and grilled meats. And I remember we had a wonderful dinner there overlooking the water one night, just relaxing. Um, Their most memorable main specialty restaurants on Crystal Serenity are Prego and Umi Uman Sushi Bar. And Doug, I had the greatest meal of my life. Really? At Umi Uma, and I don't say that lightly. What did you have? Um, it was this amazing multi-course meal of sushi. It's all these uh, menu selections created by Master Chef Nobu Matsuhisha, and every course was outstanding. I've eaten at Nobu on land before, and honestly, this was even better. And wow. I think you know the food was amazing. But also the service was amazing. They also have a sushi bar there for people if they want to just have sushi as well. Um, the second restaurant that's really truly incredible is Prego, and that Prego serves, uh, serves Italian cuisine, delicious food. Um, but the service at both restaurants was really beyond compare, and and that really added to the experience. Food was incredible. I want to ask you about the buffet because I know on Seaborn, and that's all I really have to compare this to, so yeah. I'll just bear with yeah. me. Um, yeah. I know in their buffet area, you they pretty much, I mean, this was way before the pandemic, they were pretty much serving you along the way anyway, where you weren't reaching in yeah. and getting your own stuff. How? Yeah. What is Crystal's buffet, like how was their situation set up under normal times? So it was, there were a lot of areas where they served you. There were a couple areas where things were set out individually and you could serve yourself. But mm-hmm. most of it was a lot of they served you. Okay. Um, and then up there, there's also a Trident Bar and Grill, and like for lunch. Yeah. Um, and that had, you know, hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, sandwiches. 
And that was a they served you type of thing. I'm surprised there's 11 different venues on that ship because it's such yeah. it's not a, it's not a huge ship. It's yeah. not. But, you know, there's all sorts of different places to eat. And they they really do a nice job of turning different places into um, places to eat. There's the Silk Kitchen and Bar, which is right next to that Trident Bar and Grill area that mm-hmm. I mentioned. And that's sort of family-style, modern-inspired Chinese cuisine, and they have lunch and dinner there. Um, And they also have some Western-style breakfast items in the the mornings. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you you don't get bored there. Plus, you've got the 24-hour room service in in room. So that's nice as well. Let's talk about the entertainment on this seven-night cruise. Now, I realize you didn't have any sea days, and for anyone who hasn't sailed the Med before, usually your port days are super intensive and super tiring. How was the entertainment, though, throughout your voyage? So they offer plenty of entertainment on this ship. They have shows, concerts, movies, parties, late-night dancing, enrichment programs, you know, for those who are on board, they have a great spa. There's casino, fitness classes. There's plenty to do on the ship, but your point is very well taken. I mean, we could have taken advantage of much more of the entertainment on Crystal Serenity, but we really found ourselves staying late in ports. They they often stayed till, you know, after 11. Um, and so we would really enjoy those long port days and then get back on board and have a long leisurely dinner on most nights. So that was, you know, with those extra hours in port, that was the way we wanted to spend our time. It was awesome. We did catch some of the entertainment, but not a lot. Um, It's important to point out, since I do a lot of family coverage, for those sailing with kids, Crystal's the only luxury line that features a dedicated onboard children's facilities for kids and teens on both Crystal Serenity and Crystal Symphony. So they have a supervised uh, junior activities program for kids 3 to 17 on selected sailings, usually during the summer months and on holiday cruises. And on our sailing, we had uh, a couple of families and multi-generational groups on our cruise, and they really raved about the program. So for anybody who's thinking about, you know, sort of enjoying the luxury of true luxury with family, um, Crystal is a great option. Yeah, that was one of my questions I was going to ask you, actually, at the end. What was uh, What is the typical, like, what's the demographic on there? So on our cruise, it was some families, um, I would say the average age range would have been 45 maybe to 70, 75, okay. somewhere in there. Okay. Um, so, um, and, you know, lots of couples um, and then lots of, I, I would call them family groups. So mm-hmm. um, people maybe with older kids or, um, you know, parents traveling with their, you know, children who are married, who are two couples or three couples who don't have kids, um, or, you know, groups of friends traveling together. What was the smoking situation like in and around the casino? I didn't notice any smoking, but then I didn't spend a lot of time there. So I'm probably not the world's best person to ask about that. Okay. Um, but when I was going through in the evening, I didn't notice any smoking at all. So um, not sure, again, that I'm the best person to ask. Okay. So this was a seven-night cruise, round-trip Rome. So let's talk about the ports of call you went to. Um, since there was no sea days, uh, give us the port of call, a highlight from that port, and then move to the next one. 
That sounds great. Honestly, the ports of call were one of my major reasons for choosing this specific cruise, as a lot of them were new to me. Um, my One of my favorite ports was the first one, which was Santa Margarita Ligure. It has a beautiful palm-studded harbor and a 16th century castle. And so on that day, we spent lots of time exploring sort of the beautiful little towns of Santa Margarita and Rapallo and Camogli, and then went by motor launch over to Portofino. And in Portofino, Portofino is like a a paradise little town. And so there we hiked up into the hills to St. George's Church and Brown Castle, and then went over to the Belmond Hotel for Splendido, just admire the views. And that that day was honestly my day of heaven. It was just mm-hmm. gorgeous. And then from there, we loved experiencing sort of the glitz of Monte Carlo, the beauty of San Tropez, where we called, um, and then in San Tropez went to Cannes and Antibes, and some other stunning spots around the French Riviera. In Corsica, we spent lots of beach time. Um, and then uh, when we were in uh, Livorno, um, we took a, a private tour and went to Siena and spent time there. And then went to some of the little towns in Tuscany, which were wonderful was, as well. We even went to a wine festival there, and that was so cool. Um, and the last day of our, our cruise was spent in the charming villages of Cinque Terre, just exploring by boat and on foot. And I think you've been there, right? Weren't we there on a carnival, one of the carnival yeah, ships, I like on so. Sunshine? Yeah. yeah, it's just it's just a fairy tale place, and mm-hmm. it was a great way to end the cruise. It was it was gorgeous. Yeah. Sounds like you had a uh, – I mean, when you got back to the ship after each excursion, were you, like, wiped out? Um, actually, some of the days – we were wiped out, and some of the days we just really charged up because mm-hmm. they were so beautiful. Yeah. Um, the day that we were in uh, Portofino and all those little towns in Santa Margarita Ligure, honestly, um, I would that, I'd love to spend months in one of those little towns. And so I was just so charged up because it was so cool to find these places, and I was really psyched. I must admit, the day that we were in Monte Carlo, by the time we came back, I was exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> Portofino is just breathtaking. Like it's one of those places like retirement goals where you go and rent oh. a, you know, a, a place on the coast just for like a, a three months or so. Totally. Any of those little towns, Rapallo, mm-hmm. any of them, Santa Margarita, same, same deal. Portofino is just so beautiful. So, um, again, it's, it was my idea of heaven. I, I daydream about that place. So you make your way back to Chivashvekia, the port for Rome. Uh, how was the disembarkation process? That was easy peasy. We just selected a time to disembark, and then we just got straight off at that time. Our transfer was waiting for us, and then we just headed straight back to Rome to relax and spend the night at the hotel. Other people took the transfers straight over to the airport and went back from there. Really glad that we had the extra day in Rome because it was just nice to just sort of unwind Mm -hmm. um, and spend time there. And then just we went to a little rooftop bar um, at a hotel nearby that overlooked, you know, all these sites in Rome and just, you know, enjoyed a couple drinks and then went and got pizza, which was awesome. Now, I want to clarify, because you were saying all-inclusive, when you say that, are you, like, counting booze, Wi-Fi, gratuities, shore excursions, alcohol? Not shore excursions. Okay. But everything else there. So, yes, um, you know, booze, gratuities, the whole deal. Okay. You probably, like, would want to 
give your even though gratuities are included, like you would probably slip your butler a little bit extra? Oh, you bet. Okay. You bet. Not to mention, and, you know, and some of also, you know, when you were at a at a restaurant where somebody just went over the top, same there. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. there were just some people that were truly incredible. Do you have any first-time tips to offer either someone sailing Crystal Serenity or sailing the Mediterranean for the first time? Yeah, let me let me give a couple of, of sort of crystal serenity tips, um, because these are all things that, being a first-timer, it's good to know. Crystal guests can make one free pre-reservation in each of the ship's specialty restaurants per booking. So as soon as you finish completing paying for your cruise and, you know, doing everything you need to do in the priority check-in and planning center, definitely make your dining reservations as soon as you possibly can because those go quickly. Second thing is don't miss finding this place called the Bistro on board. It's a great little spot featuring, again, all-inclusive, specialty coffees, continental breakfast, wine, and small bites throughout the day. Once we found it, if we had an early excursion, we started going there for continental breakfast and specialty coffee. Then if we came back later on, we might relax there with a glass of wine or specialty coffee. It's absolutely great. Um, For other people who might have some problems walking, it's good to note that in places where walking into town is a bit longer than normal, Crystal provides complimentary shuttle service whenever it's possible. So when you're on board, check the Reflections newsletter or talk with the onboard shore excursion staff for more details, because they'll do it when it's possible, but you know some places it may not be possible. Um, and then back again, if you're cruising with kids, just be aware that Crystal Serenity offers in-stateroom babysitting for a fee for ages one and older on a first-come, first-served basis. So if you want babysitting, make sure to make your reservations early if you're interested. And then finally, a number of the Crystal Adventure Shore Excursions are unique and they're particularly outstanding. So, again, on those, reserve those as far in advance as possible, up to 180 days in advance. Okay. Very good. And as far as, do you have any you could just kind of uh, rattle off for us for the Mediterranean? Uh, yeah. First of all, the, the biggest thing is what you mentioned before, which is arrive early and spend plenty of time um, you know, sort of decompressing and unwinding. Second of all, do your, do your research in advance and know what you want to do for each of your ports of call so that you can take advantage of those things. But also leave some time to just truly sort of relax and get lost in some of these places that you're in. There's some, there's some towns that you, you want to sort of find them on your own. So, you know, spend lots of time figuring out what you want to do, but then also give yourself a little downtime while you're there to just relax and enjoy. And then finally, make sure to sample plenty of the cuisine because it's incredible. And each port has something a bit different. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for you and Jim? Honestly, the the great thing was is there wasn't just one. I mean, on this one, it was really the whole thing. Um, and as I was saying before, I was really excited about trying this to see what it was like. And I'm thrilled that I did. I mean, just the memorable dining, the over-the-top service, the feeling of being just completely pampered and all of the incredible memories we made in every port of call. I Again, I, we, we sort of selected this particular I cruise based on the itinerary and mm-hmm. the itinerary was amazing and staying late in so many ports 
really added to the experience. So, you know, these days when you really can't travel <laughs> right now, yeah. I, I find myself sort of, my mind just sort of drifts back to many of those ports and, and just the entire experience and just being really grateful that I was able to spend that time. I've been asking this question a lot, Nancy, so I'm going to ask you, uh, what are your thoughts about cruising again once cruising resumes? Honestly, Doug, I can't wait. I mean, for me, for me, cruising is a way to discover and experience the world. And it's sort of an opportunity when you go through life to sort of sample the best of, of what you can find. And then you find these amazing places and you say, oh my gosh, I've got to go back there. You fall in love with these incredible places mm -hmm. and you fall in love with the people that you meet on cruises and the experience of being on board and the amazing staff and what this does for you. Cruising has allowed me to experience the world in a really unique way. And have experiences that I would never have any other way. And for that, I'm incredibly grateful, mm -hmm. and I can't wait to go again. We met on a cruise 10 years ago. We did, and see what I said? The people yeah. you meet on a cruise. Yeah, and July. We've, and we've, we've stayed in touch and you know, talking together and doing these kinds of things since then. And it's just, cruising is the one way that, in my opinion, that allows you to do that. I... I love it. I can't wait. It's funny because Matt and I were both working in radio. Well, he still is at the time. And, you know, we're the typical extrovert, introvert type thing. So, like, <laughs> when the mic is on, we'll talk. But when the mic is off, we're kind of quiet and reserved. So we just kind of sat down. And you were sitting there. And we're like, can we sit here? And then we're just kind of <laughs> quiet. And then we started talking with you. And then here we are. That was July on Norwegian Epic of 2010. God, That's here we right. are. 2020. Time. I cannot believe how fast the time has flown. Time flies. And, yeah. and, and you know, Doug, that's the great thing about life is yeah. that time flies. And that's one of the other reasons why cruising is so great, because it allows you to pack so much into your life. And, you know, those small hours, those special memories, those are things you never get back. And when you look back on your life, that you you'll find I you find I find a lot of those you know special memories it's on a cruise and so life's special that way before I start crying I'm going to wrap it up here and I'm going to say <laughs> we've been talking with Nancy Shredder from the Family Travel Network Nancy thank you so much for coming on and always good catching up with you Thank you so much great being with you Doug All right Dougie let's see what we got here buddy ba 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 da ba da Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville Florida for partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.